This episode of the Brewers Perspective podcast is presented by HPA. HPA's team of experts in breeding, growing, harvesting, and processing hops is dedicated to delivering impact in your beer year after year. This episode of Brewers Perspective looks at training in the brewing industry and getting started and progressing a quality career. If you would like to learn how HPA is contributing to the future of quality beer, you can listen to Owen Johnson chat with HPA's agronomic services team on the topic of quality assurance in hop production. This conversation was part of HPA's 2021 virtual harvest and is a valuable insight into how HPA ensures that only the highest quality hops reach the hands of brewers like you. There's a link to that in the show notes. And now over to your brewers, Marcus and Anthony. Hello and welcome to Brewers Perspective, presented by HBA. I'm Marcus, and as always, I'm joined by my esteemed colleague, Anthony Clem. Brews News gets quite a few emails from aspiring brewers wanting to get a start in the industry, and as the craft industry has grown and professionalised, the ways into the industry and careers in it have become more diverse. Even Anthony and I have different experiences. I was lucky to get a start in, in the brewing industry in the very early 2000s from a hospitality-based career without extensive brewing experience. While Anthony entered the industry after earning a degree in chemistry and started brewing by working on research programs with Guinness. To discuss entering and progressing through the brewing industry, we are joined by Richard Adamson, co-founder of Young Henry's and IBA director, where he is head of the IBA People's Program Group. Welcome, Richard. Great. Thanks for having me. And we are joined also by Olivia Paris, People and Change Leader at Lion. Welcome, Olivia. Cheers. Good to be here. Let's kick it off, Richard. Uh, firstly, a question for you. Is there any one way to get a job in the brewing industry? Definitely not. <laughs> so there's, there's many, many pathways, um, whether you go through um, some formal education or get some experience on the floor. And I think, you know, there's, you mentioned there's, there's many careers here too. So I'm kind of focused on the, the, physical brewing aspect, but there's, you know, many different jobs that make up a, um, a beer company from, you know, from the marketing um, aspect to finance, um, administration, business administration, through the logistics. And um, increasingly, we're seeing um, roles within um, sustainability as well. So um, brewing is just one aspect of um, making a, a brewing company. But on the brewing side, I think, you know, you can go through some formal education and any experience with um, science is always going to be um, invaluable from a brewing perspective. Um, but you can um, just start, you know, from coming from hospitality is pretty regular story at Young Henry's as a lot of the, um, the sales uh, and brewing team came from um, hospitality side, whether it's been working in the, the tasting bar and then coming over the dark side onto the brewing, um, the brewing floor um, and, um, you know, earning your, um, your dues on the what we call the dream crusher, which is the the keg, <laughs> the keg cleaner and um, and filler. Uh, but you know, I think education is is a, a key aspect of that though as well. So um, pretty much everyone that has come through Young Henry's from that way on the brewing side has gone on and have, um, studied, um, whether it be a start at certificate three level at TAFE or um, done IBD training as well. Olivia, you. I know I've spent some time at Lion and... How long, got, Anthony? Uh, probably 13-odd years, I think. So quite a while. What's the approach at, at Lion? Yeah, Richard's mentioned a lot of roles uh, are 
are available in the brewing industry. And that's pretty important because people just think of breweries as having brewers and not like a normal business with many arms and legs. Yeah, so the prerequisite is not you love beer. Uh, there can be other, you know, you can have other interests and, and find a way into the industry. What's Lion's approach? Yeah, for sure. So look, really similar to what Richard just said um, and what you shared, there are heaps of different pathways into brewing if you're really passionate about brewing and being hands-on in that space or a technical expert then that science background will you know is a really big asset for taking that kind of pathway but um, as Rich said it's like there's a broader business there that needs a huge variety of skills and experiences and it might be a passion in brewing that brings you there or it might be awesome career opportunities for you know, building out your skill set in finance or in um, or in marketing or sales or strategy. There's, there's a whole world of opportunity in there that helps and supports our, our brewery system. But yeah, the, the opportunities are, are pretty endless, really. Uh, and the, one of the great things about working at an organisation like Lion um, is that you've got the ability to build out quite a broad skill set and move from um, like a, a hands-on kind of roles or roles within the breweries to roles that support from a network perspective or even more in those kind of support functions or market-facing roles as well. So lots of opportunities to get your foot in the door and use a, a whole world of skills in the brewing industry. So I guess to elaborate on that, Olivia, can we break it down? Well, how do you how do you do it? Do you need a degree or can you sign up somewhere or jump on your website uh, and, yeah, and sure. do so? We, we list all of our opportunities on our careers website. So you can see the types of roles that exist there. Um, you can follow us on LinkedIn or on our socials as well. So there's a few different ways to kind of keep your finger on the pulse We've got some awesome people who work at Lion who um, kind of share fairly regularly about what it's like to, you know, to have a role at Lion. So you can also check them out on on LinkedIn. They're fairly connected to our careers page too. If you know somebody in the brewing industry or who uh, or who works at Lion, absolutely pick their brain on um, on the types of roles and opportunities that might exist. If you want to get specifically into um, working within our brewery, uh, our breweries, then uh, often that kind of science background, especially like chemical engineering or food science, is a really good pathway. Microbiology, uh, and then engineering as well, so um, it's another awesome pathway to get yourself uh, into a, a kind of a brewery role. Or you can, you know, you can start out in Hospo and make your way across. Uh, so we've got great brands in uh, Little Creatures, um, some of our craft breweries as well that have uh, a hospitality presence, and we see people make a transition across from that Hospo. Um, or even coming through like uh, packaging operator roles within the breweries. We've got um, support programs in place or further education programs in place to build those kind of um, foundational skills for people who start out in either brewing or packaging. And then you can go on and do your, your IBD and get further education that way if you're interested in, in further developing your career within, you know, within brewing or packaging as well. So there are a few of the pathways in, but there are many. I might be relatively naive, Olivia, so forgive me. But, um, you know, my vision of, a, of obviously a lot of your beer comes out of very large breweries. Mm -hmm. There's not a lot of operators. It's a relatively static labour pool, I would guess. 
we've got quite a number of different size breweries. So we've got anywhere from um, our kind of microbreweries where we've got one to two people that work in those. Uh, and they're often linked to like a hospitality venue and you know, a lot of kind of kegs for those hospo venues. So we've got quite small ones. We've then got some that are around the kind of eight to 15 people and then all the way up to say 40 people, 100 people. Um, so you've got a fair bit of versatility in the, the types of breweries in our network and therefore the types of experience um, that you get involved in. So in a big brewery, you might, um, we, yeah, there's, there's some breweries for sure where different roles we see longer tenure there, but then we also see a good pipeline of people um, coming through who are interested in you know progressing um, into different roles. Oh, and then we've got other people who are really keen to stay on the tools. We've got people who love craft and people really love the, the mainstream side. So there's quite a variety of people in the mix there, as well as um, quite a variety of opportunities just because the the, the um, the network is made up of lots of different um, sizes and styles of breweries. Understood. Um, obviously, moving over to you, Richard, um, all the talk of the shortage of labour, I can speak of that firsthand, really struggling to hire people at the moment. So basically what skills are required uh, for, the, for the brewing itself? Yeah, I just had a look on the, um, on your, um, the Brews News website, the jobs listing, and it's, it's a substantial amount of jobs that need to be filled. Um, I think um, independent brewers make up close to 50% of the people working within the brewing industry um, because uh, many hands make many um, lots of little beers around the country. Um, so what skills do we need? Um, look, I think from a purely from a brewing, brewing perspective, a good start is the Certificate 3. That covers um, your basics of workplace health and safety. So we want you to be... Um, you know, the person to be useful in the brewery and, and not a danger to themselves and others. I think that's a really good start. Um, having um, a good idea of sensory evaluation is um, is pretty key as well. So being able to pick out key faults in beer um, and really understand the what um, flavour components make up a good beer, that really comes with practice and training, really understanding what you're looking for and a lot of repetition on that side, which sounds great, but um, as, um, as, as I'm sure both of you will say, tasting a lot of faulty beer um, for practice is not fun, um, but, but, but needs to be done. Uh, and then we, uh, we, we look at um, some pretty basic science from a biology um, chemistry perspective as well. So what's actually going on when we, um, when we mash in a beer, what happens during fermentation, what's happening on filtration and packaging? Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty rounded bunch of skills you do need I, I think there's a lot of romance around brewing and um, I think people might think um, particularly home brewers might think a great a great brewer is somebody who comes up with great recipes um, that's one aspect of, of being a brewer that you don't get to practice that often unfortunately uh, making recipes most of it is wax on wax off cleaning uh, cleaning yeah <laughs> so um, if you if you don't like cleaning, um, then probably don't become a brewer. But um, yeah, most of most of the job is um, getting out of the way of yeast, so yeast can do its job and giving it an environment that is um, conducive for for healthy fermentation, and that is a very clean brewery, um, healthy yeast. I, I guess looking at it maybe from the other side, and you kind of touched on it. How do you? See, there's a person with a perfectly good job. They're getting paid a lot of money. They've got 15 years' experience. They want to throw it all away and be a brewer. 
how do you kind of talk them off the ledge? And if, <laughs> and if, and if you can't talk them off the ledge, then how do you explain to them that they're going to be, as you said, washing kegs for 12 months before they get a look at anything and they're going to be getting paid not very much money? Yeah, I think we do, we do need to remove some of the, the romance. And I think you, you're quite often seeing two pathways into brewing. We're seeing the, um, the tree change, sea change idea. I think a lot of probably increasingly more people that want to do that want to own the business themselves. So they, they're studying their own breweries. And I think I'd encourage people to really think about that as well and understand what they're doing that for and why and what, what need are they trying to fulfill. Um, and if, it, if the need is that my local community doesn't have a, um, you know, a craft brewery, that's, that's probably a great start. But if you're thinking that starting a brewery in the inner city of any of the major uh, capital cities around Australia, maybe think again because there's a lot of them there now. So I think that's one pathway. The other is we're, we're increasingly seeing more trainees. So I think um, brewing is being seen as a viable job and career pathway and you can start really start from the ground up. Um, in a, my class for next year out of the certificate three, I teach part-time at Ultimo, looks like it's going to be at least half trainees, which means that they've um, they've already got a trainee job with a brewery and there's been an agreement, a, a traineeship agreement signed up. And part of that is, part of that fulfilment is that they have to do formal education and TAFE is one pathway for that. Uh, and uh, as part of the traineeship, they get that course for free and there's some incentives for the employee uh, employer as well to take on trainees. Um, as well as things like travel cards and all that sort of stuff as a student. Now, if you want to enter the brewing industry, in my mind, there's not, there's not much getting around the hard yards. It's starting to get really, I guess we're starting to get really competitive out there in the craft world. There's lots of craft breweries still popping up. I know because I'm installing a couple <laughs> at the moment. But, uh, you know, there's nothing getting around the hard yards if you want to enter the craft world. Uh, and certainly... You can go in it from a from a low level. If you're looking to, uh, well, if you if you're young and you want to be in, you, know, you want to head to university. I, I believe Lion has worked with universities in the past, Olivia. Like, is there still? You know, we, we don't have anything in Australia like Weinstephan or VLB, um, where you you go to university to become a brewer. Um, is that something with the growth of the industry that? You know, we think we could we could see in the future, and have you guys been working with the university to to create something like that? Well, we've certainly got um, partnerships with universities, looking at yeah the fit between people coming out of of their degrees. So lots of the kind of that food science or microbiology space, or even chemical engineering, and some of the degrees that really lend themselves to to a career in brewing. Um, so certainly look at got those partnerships and um, different programs like intern co-op programs or um, graduate programs and different things in the pipeline to look at how do we connect people with opportunities within like the brewing industry. And I think there's also um, it, there's certainly more work to be done there around even the people understanding more around what a career in brewing actually looks like. You know, this podcast is a really cool opportunity just to provide visibility of, um, you know, what, what's it like to work in brewing and what are your pathways in. 
I would I think it would be awesome to see uh, you know a university course in Australia that actually really focuses in on brewing for people that are passionate about that yeah I'm not aware either that that exists at this point in time but there are definitely pathways um, from existing degrees I think Ballarat uni still they still do a course yeah federation they are now federation uni but yeah that's that's where I that's the pathway I went down as well I think what we're going to see increasingly is um, vocational education um, taught out of universities as well. So I've, I've seen a lot of interest in um, from universities taking, taking that up. Um, they have the expertise and facilities to, to probably deliver on those as well and maybe compete with the TAFEs um, if, the, um, if the TAFEs aren't going to um, necessarily pick up and do more, more of the brewing courses. Um, I think New South Wales has done pretty well. We've got the course up in Brisbane now and in SA, um, we're working to get some more vocational education out of Victoria and the other states and WA particularly. There uh, has been some interest from universities on the certificate for particularly, so that's a, a new qualification that um, I consulted on, uh, which will be aimed just at a higher level of education, so which will also encompass some soft skills, some more um, business management skills, whether it be um, finance or team leadership or production management. So those types of skills that really would assist someone as a head brewer or production manager level, if not a, um, a business owner. Is that the way the industry is growing? Uh, for my mind, education is super important if you want to grow your career in the industry. And I, I love the industry. I'm, you realise I'm the complete opposite. <laughs> I can't sit still for 10 minutes and don't know anything that was learned from a book. So. <laughs> There are obviously other avenues, and, and Marcus has, has learnt lots from books, trust me. Um, but is that the way we're going? Like we're, we're learning on the job but using, using TAFE and using some university uh, courses to, to get people upskilled? So is it a matter of just getting into anywhere and then learning on the job? I think, um, I think the IBD has still got a good role as well. There, there will be the opportunity for private education as well, like um, learning at your own your own pace. I know Siebel has done a lot and um, there's a whole bunch of education pieces that are owned by that UC Davis group too that are moving online. So there'll be um, there some of those courses too. You can just pick up a module. So maybe you feel you're a little bit, you've got a, a knowledge deficit in filtration, for example. You can just tune in and do the, the filtration module to get up to speed on maybe some of the latest tech around that or, or um, methodologies, things to watch. Um, so it's certainly not one pathway for all. I think what we are seeing particularly, well, maybe where the craft space is catching up to the larger corporations is that I don't think the market is as forgiving as it was when we, certainly when Young Henry started almost 10 years ago. Um, you know, the expectation for the consumer is the beer's got to be great straight off the bat. So you, you don't have you don't have time to to find your feet. You need to be coming out of the gates with great beer. And um, increasingly, brewing companies are looking for brewers with experience. I think once you've got your foot in the door and you are um, starting to get educated, the brewers with good experience and um, good backgrounds and good practices are going to be wholly sought after. Absolutely. Uh, looking at the, obviously diversity being a topical issue in the brewing industry, um, what's what's Lion doing to kind of broaden the um, the avail availability of um, jobs for people in your um, organisation? 
one of the things that we're working towards as an organisation is um, looking at uh, yeah, just diversity holistically, the fact that diverse teams outperform homogenous teams. So one aspect of diversity that we're looking at at the moment, and we've set some quite clear targets around, is looking at gender diversity. Uh, so we're moving towards um, gender balanced teams. So looking at how not just as an organisation overall, um, we've got a gender balance in there, but how we bring that down to kind of a team by team level, um, which is really where you see the unlock from a performance perspective. So looking at different partnerships that we've got, looking at um, the, you know how we connect with, uh, so at the moment we've um, got a lot of awesome men in the industry how do we attract more women to the industry and how do we also share uh, the experiences of the women in the industry already about what it's like to work in it um, what they love about it and the kind of career opportunities that are available to them as well so it's a bit of a mix of um, how do we do that externally from an attraction perspective how do we make sure that um, the experience of um, our people already in the business is a really positive one so that uh, they're advocates for it and they want to stay in it as well. Um, and then really how are we looking to the future as well around the types of skills and experiences, a so different type of diversity that we'll need, um, you know, in the 10 to 20 years kind of landscape and bringing in that skill diversity um, and industry diversity as well. What about with you, Richard? It's um, it's a great question and I was, I've, I've got some questions for... Live as well about how to, how we can achieve some of these things. But if you look at the um, UN's um, sustainable development targets, certainly labor makes up a big part of that. Um, and gender diversity and gender pay gap is um, one of the um, key performance indicators on that. Further to that, you kind of move on to the UN Global Compact and the Global Reporting Initiatives. Global Reporting Initiatives um, is a way of of sort of benchmarking your sustainability targets and goals and how you're performing. It doesn't really say that you need to have everything solved, but I think um, the independent industry really needs to um, have some targets around diversity as well. It's something we've been talking about it within my group in, in the IBA. Um, how to enact that is um, probably been um, a little bit more difficult to achieve, but I think it does start with um, talking to key stakeholders and then putting some targets down and, re and reporting as an industry based on that. And I know that's something that Lion do. If you look at Lion sustainability report, you can get um, a lot of insights in terms of what they're targeting on that front. But I was going to ask, Liv, in terms of, um, in terms of gender diversity within a company, I think maybe a lot of people don't know how to approach it. Um, a lot of business owners don't necessarily know how to approach it. You can't, you can't hire someone based on gender, um, but you can do things within your company to make it more attractive for, for, for gender diversity. What are the kind of things that Lion do that maybe some other companies could start implementing themselves? There are a few different things um, tied in with uh, so there's different certifications that you can get around employer of choice things, and there's some really good indicators in those around um, what is re what is the research as an industry telling us about what's important to hiring gender diverse talent and then diverse talent in general. So we've got a variety of things um, in place. It might be from an from an entry level perspective, you're looking at how do you remove kind of superfluous 
or nice to have skills and experience um, and really look at what is the required skills and experience for this role and positioning your, your advertisements around that. So um, some interest, interesting stats on even by gender, if somebody, if a, a man versus a woman is looking at a job ad and they look at the criteria, um, the percentage of criteria that they can address the research indicates that men are more willing to apply for a position if they don't match some of the criteria, whereas women will often self-select out. So even just with little insights like that, you can kind of go, okay, so how do we how do we um, adapt our advertising, um, our job ads, so that we remove that kind of initial self-select out, and then we can start a conversation with, you know, with others in the industry who would normally think, oh. I can't apply for that job. Um, so there's just little tweaks like that, and there's so many of those types of examples across um, the kind of attract space. Um, we've got things like flexible work, um, and you know how we achieve that. We're looking at you know job design for part-time roles. You know, does it look like school hours roles? Does it look like you know a couple of days a week um, versus full-time? Got parental leave, really good, solid paid parental leave, and a lot of those are relevant for both men and women, and non-binary. Uh, and you know, the opportunity there is to really think about how you can change um, the expectation of traditional roles in, um, in in lots of different ways. So, creating a meaningful parental leave policy, for example, for um, for any parent rather than it just being for women may lead to more women being able to participate in the workforce because, you know, the, the dad's the stay-at-home um, person instead. So you've got a few little things like that that you can be doing. Um, but our, one big challenge that we definitely face is the, as an industry, um, do women want to work in um, an industry where they feel like they'll be a minority from the get-go? And how do you demonstrate a real commitment to um, inclusion, diversity, what they bring to the table? And how do you make sure that you've got all of the kind of right supports internally as well so that when they do come into the organisation, it's a really positive experience where they feel really supported. That's, that's a great answer, yeah, wow. Olivia. <laughs> uh, and it's a really tough one, isn't it? Because it's, it's a, there's a preconception that the brewing industry is a very much a male-dominated industry and so you know, often you are the minority. Uh, however, I, I personally see there's lots of value in having diversity in teams and there's lots of roles that women can add fantastic value to, like sensory, they're better at sensory than us. So, um, and I've, I see that I ran the sensory panel at Forex and the, the, the ladies that come through, the girls that come through, uh, they pick it up very quick. Um, so I see, I see there's lots of value, um, to having diversity in the team. I also think we've um, probably excluded 50% of the, of the market for beer. Um, quite often, quite often, like deliberately though, if you look at some of the advertising um, back in the 80s and 90s um, and, old, and older, if you're older, you'd remember some of it. But though, you know, like the, the Carlton Mid-Ad particularly, I detested where there was all the, all the men coming together at a um, at a holiday function and not you know so they could all hang out together and then it cut to the women that are all drinking cocktails. So it's like well if you're going to have this 
play on the men wanting to hang out together, at least to have the women drinking the beer as well. But that's not what, not what happened. So, you know, diversity within the brewing workforce needs to happen if we're going to, um, you know, be able to uh, effectively sell beer to 50% of the market, right? Because they, because, you know, it needs to, needs to be reflective of what's out there. We need to see women working within the beer industry um, and telling the story of beer as well. Mm-hmm. It's a, and it's, it's key for us to break down that stereotype that it's a man's drink that's been there for so long. Because there's a beer out there for everyone. That's my absolutely that's my there is. Uh, getting getting back to things around the competitiveness and what we're seeing in the industry, you know, lots more craft breweries popping up. We recognise that there's going to be lots more jobs in the industry, and you know we already see it where you've you've got talent just go from one place to the next and they're poached. And how do you go about? Uh, incentivizing people to stay or, or or maintaining good people in in roles and developing people. I think working conditions is um, is is a key component of that. So, I can you know, I think we've certainly probably seen an increase in in salaries for um, people with brewing skills, and I think I've heard many um, brewery owners maybe lament that, but I. I, I I think that's probably going to be seen as a positive thing, as well. Though, that you know that those skills are valued and um, people can you know apply their their knowledge and skills to get a decent wage. Um, that's just a fact of life. But certainly, working conditions are key, and having the culture that um, values people is key to have people stay and grow within your organisation and give them a, give people a pathway to further their careers as well. I think you know. Unfortunately, it's probably we've probably had a lot of that stunted with the pandemic. Um, but you know, hopefully, on the other side, you know, really have have those thoughts in mind. I think about how you're going to have a career protection, have the right the right culture and the right working conditions for people to want to stay in, within your business. Absolutely. Um, I often joke that my job comes down to two things in um, people and culture, and it's people want to know that they're valued and adding value. So how do you demonstrate that commitment to your team members? How do you give them stuff that where they feel like they're turning up to work, they're, they're able to do their best work, they're able to apply their skills, they're able to get that sense of achievement of, you know, here here's what I achieved this day, this week, this month, this year. Um, and then from a, how do you demonstrate how valuable they are to you as well? So remuneration is one aspect. That career pathing and development that Rich has touched on is absolutely another one. Um, one of our kind of standard practices uh, at Lion is we've got well, kind of the, all of the, the, the catch-ups or whips or works in progress or whatever is one thing, but making sure that every four to six weeks, every leader and their direct report has um, uh, what we call a one-on-one. So, you know, what are your kind of career aspirations? What are you working on development-wise? What do you want to get out of the next 12 months? Where do you want to go? You know, and then looking across the network, what kind of opportunities are you interested in? And then we've got different mechanisms in the business that allow us to, you know, someone's got an aspiration to move into sales, say, um, then connecting them in with the right people there for, you know, for, for that kind of career development. 
and then you know flexible work and finding other things that you can kind of add into the mix to support that kind of work-life balance piece and um, and really just supporting them to love what they do and showing that you're really glad that they're part of the team and that you want to keep them there is is the crux of it for me fantastic do you think commercial is is providing a pipeline for craft uh, for for people to to learn and then get into craft brewing or vice versa Look, I think that often we see coming into some of our bigger breweries, we often um, really gain a lot from people who have had experience in craft because they're just you're just so up close and personal with um, with the brewing process, seeing it end to end, understanding um, the real kind of nuts and bolts behind it, and you, you've really got that kind of sense of connection to the brewing. So we do see people who come from that kind of craft background offer something quite unique um, into our larger breweries. But that said, um, we've also, you know, the bigger breweries, if, if you become more of a specialist in something, the expertise that you can then bring to, you know, the craft brewing space, is really significant as well. You've often had big leadership roles or um, you've built a, a slightly different set of skills. So I think it really depends. Like people can people can move across those if they've got the aspiration and the right attitude to do so. I think you can learn a lot from both spaces. All in all, you know, across the two, you can develop a, a really awesome skill set where you can add a lot of value. I've certainly seen um, people move from you know, both both ways actually. Whether you know, and some of them might might, might necessarily be voluntary from you know companies being acquired. But I also know people that have voluntarily moved from um, from a craft brewing industry to or craft brewing independently owned to one of the majors and vice versa as well. So I guess it's just down to your what what style the business fits you the best in terms of what you in you know how you enjoy your workplace and. Um, what things um, matter to you, I guess, um, and it might be in you know in an independently owned company, smaller that your voice may be a bit louder, and you can um, you can change things, um, have more of an impact on the business. But also, it's it's quite possible that working with a you know, family owned business that maybe you, you know that that creativity might be stifled, and you know changing things might be difficult. So um, it's horses for courses. Cool. Um, we're going to wind it up pretty quick. So thank you. Thank you both for your time. Richard, if I could just ask you one really quick question. We're going to have a lot of uh, potential brewers and potential people that will be owning breweries listening. Is there, what, what does the interface between the IBA and, and those kind of people look like? And, and how can they start their engagement maybe before they're actually in the industry? Is that viable? Yeah, absolutely. Like I think, um, like, you know, probably the, the members that um, need the association the most are probably the ones that are starting up you know, in that startup phase. So, yeah, absolutely join. There's a lot of, um, we've got a lot of advice, a lot of um, resources available for people starting a career in brewing from a business owning perspective. Um, if you want to get in to on the education side, really um, contact your local TAFE um, and look at what other opportunities there are for learning as well. Have a look at IBD, have a look at Siebel and see what suits you from that front. And Olivia, just just a quick one. Probably is any key takeaways for you, key advice to to get in. Oh, I think if you've got a really good attitude and you are up for learning, whether or not it's in advance or on the job, as you um, you know getting your experience, those two things will go a really long way for you. Brilliant. 
All right, guys. Thank you very much. Thank you both. Um, Catch you later. Thanks. Cheers. Thank you for listening to this Brewer's Perspective. Brewer's Perspective is a production of Brews News Brewery Pro. If you would like to comment on this discussion, you can join our Brewery Pro Facebook group to discuss the podcast, connect with others within the industry, or suggest topics you would like to hear an expert brewer's perspective on. To join the group, just search for RBN Brewery Pro in Facebook. We'll be back in a fortnight with another brewer's perspective. We thank HPA for their support in making this episode possible.